الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اتفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وان ليس للانسان الا ما سعى سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an al-Kareem stated a principle of life, stated a golden rule that applies to each and every person, the Muslim, the believer, the kafir, the unbeliever, applies to his affairs of the dunya, his matters of this life, and the affairs of the akhirah, the affairs of the afterlife. What is this golden rule that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَأَنْ لَيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى that no human being, no person will have anything, will attain anything, will get anything other than that he makes effort for it. A person will only get something if he strives for it, if he works hard for it, if he tries for it. So this is a golden rule that Allah Ta'ala laid in the Qur'an. If we look around us today in the modern and scientific age in which we are living, we can see so many examples of this rule. We can see that how people in the West have made this rule come to life. We live in such a time of luxury that today the ordinary person has so many things that even the kings of the past did not have things like this. We have a fridge to provide us cold water. Even the greatest of kings didn't have access to cold water in the summer. We have an air conditioner to keep us cool in the heat of the summer. Even the greatest of kings did not have an air conditioner to keep them cool in the summer. We have the ability to travel by airplane. The distances have become short. You can go from Johannesburg to Lusaka in but two hours. The kings of the past had to prepare an entire caravan, had to prepare an entire entourage, had to make an entire procession of many, many people just for many, many days or weeks or even months to go to, from one place to another. If you take the example of medical science, today medical researchers, scientists, through their hard work and effort, they have been able to attain such scientific breakthroughs that even 10 or 15 years ago, a person would have never even dreamed that something like that would have been possible. If you take the eye, one of the most delicate organs, one of the most delicate features of the body, today there are, there's an eye operation, a cataract operation, which scientists have, been developed, have developed with such success, with such precision, that they actually lay people down on a conveyor belt and one by one that person comes under the machine and his eye operation is performed. Whereas just 20 or 30 years ago, this operation used to take six to eight hours and had only but a 50% success rate. Even more amazing, scientists have come up with an operation called the heart transplant operation. That when a person dies from a dead person within 72 hours of his death, the heart of that dead person is removed from his body and placed into the heart of a living person. The most essential organ, the organ of life, the heart of a person, doctors through their hard work, through their research, through their effort, through their constant and untiring effort, they've been able to develop this operation, so much so that now the latest research, doctors are trying to develop a way to have a brain transplant operation. If you look in the field of space and satellite technology, man has not just reached the moon, he has sent robots to Mars, and by way of the Hubble Space Telescope, 
by developing latest, uh, the latest technology in space imaging and image capturing, we have been able to take pictures of not just our solar system, not just our Milky Way galaxy, but far, far away galaxies. So much so that then a person realizes that his reality on this earth, that we are just a speck in the city of Lusaka. And Lusaka is just a dot on the map of Zambia. And Zambia is just a small dot on the globe of this earth. And this planet Earth is but a dot on our solar system. This solar system is nothing but a dot on the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is nothing but a speck in our galaxy cluster. And our entire galaxy cluster is nothing but a speck in the entire universe. So the reality of each and every one of us is we are nothing more than a speck on 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 a speck. If you look in the field of computer technology, the most important thing in any computer is called its microprocessor, its chip. What is that chip made of? In America, where I come from, there's a state called California. In the state of California, there's a place known as Silicon Valley. Why? Because that computer chip is made up of silicon. What is silicon? Silicon is nothing other than sand, dust, dirt. But when a human being put his effort on sand, when he focused his hard work on sand, when he put so much research into sand, that sand became so powerful that it doesn't just power the personal computers that you and I have today, it powers all the computers in the world, the computers that are running our aircraft, the computers that are running the entire systems and engineering systems of the world. Why? Because a person put his effort into that piece of sand. That silicon chip is so valuable that if you look at the small amount of silicon or sand in that chip, it's worth more than its weight in gold. So if a person devotes his effort to sand, he can make it more valuable to gold. If a person was to put effort into his heart, if a person was to put effort into his spirit, if a person was to put effort into his relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine how high he would soar, what heights he would reach. He would be that person who our deen teaches us that a human being can rise even above the ranks of angels. But how many of us can say that we have attained that level? How many of us can say that we work on our deen, on our religion, on our relationship with Allah Ta'ala as much as these people have worked on the dunya? But when you don't have the nur of iman in your heart, then the work of the dunya doesn't bring you any benefit. Those same scientists who know that we are just a small atom in the scheme of the universe, but they still are not humbled by this fact. They still fail to recognize this as a sign of their Lord. They, feel, they still fail to see the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, scientists have even said that the universe is ever-expanding. When they send out radio rays to a star and then that radio ray comes back, they see one year later that that ray took a fraction of a second longer to come back. So scientists have this theory that that means the universe is constantly expanding. If you ask them, then where is it expanding to? Something out of nothing. How is this happening? They have no answer. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he is al-khaliq. This attribute of Allah Ta'ala, that He is the Creator, is never-ending. Allah Ta'ala is always Al-Khaliq. Allah Ta'ala is always expanding the universe. But unless you have the light of Iman in your heart, you will never reflect on these realities. In fact, the people of the West, despite all of their amenities, despite all of their luxuries, despite all of their technology, despite all of their scientific breakthroughs, they're empty inside. They feel a spiritual vacuum inside. They are searching. They are depressed, they commit suicide, they wander around searching for the truth. They have discovered the inner realities of the universe, but they still say that we are in the quest for absolute truth. 
in the universities of America, the students who study, they're never at peace, at peace with themselves. They're always searching, asking, exploring different religions, different ways. They know that there is something, there is a spirit out there, that there is some spiritual emptiness inside of themselves. And that's why even today, even right now, Islam to this day is still the fastest growing religion in the United States. People, despite everything, they are still turning to Islam. But in the contrast to Muslim world, we have that precious thing that they are searching for. We have that golden thing that they lack. We have the nur, the light of Iman in our hearts. But we have failed to do qadr, we have failed to value this Iman. We have not realized the precious value of this Iman. We don't realize that we have that very thing that the king of all the world, the, 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 the presidents and rulers of the world seek after. Now what is the reason that we don't have this, that we don't value our Iman? There are two reasons. One is that our outlook, our perspective on life has become spoiled. And the second is our actions and our sins lead us to forget the value of our Iman. How has our outlook on life been changed? The greatest challenge to Muslims today is the philosophy of secularism. Secularism is that philosophy, that theory which removes Allah Ta'ala from the lives of the believers. Its whole purpose is to separate the servant from the sacred, to separate you from anything that is sacred, from Allah Ta'ala, from the book of Allah, from the messenger of Allah, from the commandments of Allah, from the sunnahs of the messenger of Allah, even from the thoughts of Allah Ta'ala, the purpose of secularism is to cut you off from Allah Ta'ala in each and every way it can. An average Muslim today, because he reads the books of the West, he watches the TV programs of the West, he studies under professors who are trained in the West, he reads the newspapers of the West, his entire input, everything he sees, everything he hears, comes from that atheistic environment, comes from that secular environment, so the Muslim himself, he starts to become distant from Allah. But because the Muslim has a bare, basic inner goodness inside of himself, he can never totally forget his deen. So what has shaitan done? Shaitan has come up with an incredible trick to trick the Muslim. What has he done? Hazrat Ahmad Ali Lahori writes in his tafsir that I can sum up the tafsir, the commentary of the entire Quran in one sentence. And this, and it follows that you should worship your Lord, you should please your Lord through his worship, please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his ibadah, and earn the pleasure of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa by following his sunnah, and earn the pleasure of creation by doing their khidmat or being in their service. So secularism cuts us off from the first two things and reduces our deen to the third thing. That's why people say that the only thing that is important is that you are good to one another. A mother will come and say about her son that my son is so good, he is so nice, he has such a good job, he takes care of me. There's just one small problem, he doesn't praise Salah. They view this as a small problem and the entire uh, the benchmark of the measurement of goodness is that we are good to one another. We have good manners, we have good characteristics. Look how polite that person is when you speak to him. But all of this is just a deceit. It is just a delusion that shaitan has put us in. Because even the people who claim that they have true adab, the people who claim they have good manners, they do not have good manners. If you go into their homes, you will see that they are mean to their wives, that they are mean to their children. If you open up their secret accounts, you find they are nothing but liars. They are cheaters, they are deceivers, they are backbiters. But what they do is they present a face in front of people, that they are polite to their clients, they are polite to their colleagues, their boss will praise them, the customer will praise them. But these are all superficial characteristics. The true character, the Sahaba had the true character. What is the sign of true character? That a person looks at you and says, I want to become like you. 
this is the character of the Sahaba, that they used to go to some foreign land and people just by looking at them, just by seeing their manner, seeing their demeanor, watching their habits, seeing how they spoke, seeing how they looked, seeing how they walked, seeing how they carried themselves, they would just come to them and say, I want to be like you. Can anybody today say that, that my colleague thinks I'm such a great person that he said I want to be like you? That non-Muslim, the native person came up to me in the store and said, I want to accept your way of life. No. So we don't have that level of character. The second thing that shaitan tricks us to cut us off from our Lord is that if a person cannot, if shaitan cannot succeed in cutting a person off from his Lord totally, then he tells that person that, well, Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Rahim, Allah Ta'ala is merciful, Allah Ta'ala will forgive you for your sins. Allah Ta'ala in so many places he said he is forgiving, so why do you not just keep doing your sins, keep tasting the pleasures of this world, Allah Ta'ala will forgive you. Yes, Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, He is Ar-Rahim, He is Al-Ghafoor, He is Al-Ghafar, but you have to earn that forgiveness. You have to earn that mercy. You have to ask for that mercy. You have to beg for that mercy. You have to cry out for that mercy. Just like Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Razaq. He is the provider of sustenance. But you have to work for that provision. You have to work for that money. You have to sweat for that money. You even cry for that money. You even cry when you need the dunya. So just like that, you have to cry for the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this Ramadan, the month of Ramadan, is such a beautiful month that it is a cure for both of these sicknesses. It is a cure for our outlook and our perspective, and it is a cure for our actions and our sins. Why is that? Because this month has been called the month of Tawbah, the month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the doors of His mercy, opens up the doors of His forgiveness, opens and accepts the repentance of each and every believer. No matter what sin you commit, Allah ta'ala will accept your repentance in this month. Even if you have the sin of disbelief, if you have the sin of kufr, if you have the sin of shirk, if you repent unto that and you turn yourself truly to Allah Ta'ala and you want to believe anew and begin a fresh start in this month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala gives you the ability to do that. Rasulullah said in a hadith that the first 10 days of Ramadan are a rahmah, are a mercy. The second 10 days of the month of Ramadan are a maghfirah, are a forgiveness. And the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan are minanar, or emancipation from the hellfire. A liberation from the hellfire. The word itak is normally used for a master and his slave. So a slave can only be freed once he is already a slave. A free man does not become freed. Just like that, that person would be freed from the hellfire who actually at this moment is worthy of hell. Those Muslims who are the Muslims of hellfire. Those Muslims who Rasulullah saw in his Isra, in his Miraj, in his ascension and night journey, that they were suffering in hell, that they have earned hell by their sins by their lack of following the commandments of Allah, by breaking the sunnahs on a daily basis, by sacrificing the sunnahs on a daily basis, those who have earned the hellfire, they too can be forgiven in these last 10 days. This month is the month of rahmah, a rahmah for the person who prays regularly, Allah Ta'ala out of His mercy accepts His prayer and gives the ability to be regular in His salah. It is a month of maghfirah for that person who is irregular in His salah, that person who sometimes missed His salah, that person who made mistakes in His salah, Allah Ta'ala forgives him for the mistakes he made in His salah. This, person, this month is a month of liberation of the fire. That Muslim who never prayed his Salah, or that Muslim who only prays Jummah, that person who only prays Eid, that person who left the five daily prayers and by doing so made himself worthy of the fire, this month is Idkum in Anar, this month is a liberation of the hellfire for him. This month is a month of Rahmah for the person who read the Quran on a regular basis. 
this person is a month of maghfirah for that person who sometimes read the Qur'an and sometimes left the Qur'an. A forgiveness for that hafiz student who memorized the Qur'an but was weak or lazy in, in keeping up his memorization. And this month is a month of liberation from the hellfire for that person who left the Qur'an, that person who forgot the Qur'an, that person who all year long never read the Qur'an and earned the hellfire by disrespecting the Qur'an. This month is a liberation of the hellfire for him. This month is a month of rahmah for that person who was kind to his family. Allah Ta'ala will out of his mercy accept his kindness, will give him the tawfiq to remain good to his family. This month is a month of maghfirah, a month of forgiveness for that person who was sometimes mean to his family, for that person who sometimes ate the rights of others. And this month is a liberation of hellfire for that person who used to even cheat on his family, who used to abuse his children, who used to abuse his spouse, even that person who earned the hellfire by abusing his family, if he turns to Allah Ta'ala in this month, he too will be taken out from the hellfire. This, per- this, this month is a month of rahmah for that person who guarded his gaze, for that person who maintained his honor, his chastity, his purity, his dignity, his respect. This month is a month of maqfirah, a forgiveness for that person who was sometimes unable to control his gaze, sometimes looked at that woman he wasn't supposed to look at, sometimes went on that website where he wasn't supposed to go, sometimes looked at that movie he shouldn't have been seeing. This month is a liberation from the hellfire for that person who even was, not even was he unable to control his gaze, but his gaze led him to his organs to commit that sin. That person who earned the hellfire by sinning in front of Allah SWT, sinning when Allah Ta'ala was watching him, sinning when Allah Ta'ala said, I am with you, sinning when Allah Ta'ala said, I am close to you. That person who earned the hellfire by committing these sins, even in this month, is a liberation of the hellfire if that person turns to Allah Ta'ala in sincere forgiveness and repentance. And then this month, this beautiful word of Tawbah, this month is not just a repentance for our sins, but it is a month where we change our outlook. We change our perspective, we reconcile our distant Lord because Allah SWT says, وَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ That you repent unto Allah SWT. The word ilah in the Arabic language means that when a person goes from one place towards another. So when you do tawbah, you are leaving your distant life. You are leaving that life that you had where you were far from Allah SWT. You felt distant from Allah Taala. Ilay, and you move towards Allah SWT. You draw close to Allah SWT. You rebuild your relationship with Allah Taala. You become closer to Allah Taala. That Allah Taala who you forgot all year round, in this month you can remember Allah. That Allah Taala whom you disobeyed all year round by worshiping Allah Taala, He will draw you near unto Him. That this month is not just a month of forgiveness, but this is a month of drawing close to Allah SWT and becoming the lover of Allah SWT. We said Allah Taala said in the Quran Al Karim, "Waladina amanu ashadhum." that know those who believe, those who claim to believe, those who profess to believe, those who think who they believe, the true characteristic of the believers is that they are crazy in their love for Allah SWT. They are mad about Allah SWT. They adore Allah SWT. They sacrifice everything in this world for Allah SWT. They sacrifice their worldly pleasures, their worldly happinesses, their worldly relations, their worldly possessions, everything out of the love of Allah SWT. So this tubo ilay to come and repent unto your Lord, close to your Lord, we strengthen that love, give rise to that love in this month of Ramadan by making dua to Allah Ta'ala, by making prayer to Allah Ta'ala, by turning to Allah Ta'ala in the innermost recesses of the night, from the innermost depths of your heart to cry out to Allah Ta'ala that, Ya Allah, I spent all year long breaking your rules. I spent all year long following shaitan and the nafs. 
I spent all year long, even if I turned to you, I did for some worldly reason. If I prayed to you, I asked for some worldly benefit. And this month, Allah Ta'ala, I ask you only of you. I ask thee, Allah Ta'ala, to grant me your closeness, to grant me your relationship, to grant me your proximity, to grant me your love. I too want to be amongst the people who love you, Allah. I too want to be amongst the beloved servants. And in this month, by increasing in our love for Allah SWT, this is a month where we have to work on our Iman. We have to make ourselves, adorn ourselves with the characteristics of, of the believers. Because Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an Al-Kareem, He didn't simply address us as Muslimin. He didn't simply address us as Mu'mineen, that we are Muslims and we are believers. No, Allah Ta'ala described us in so many ways, addressed us in so many ways. Allah Ta'ala called us Muttaqeen, the pious ones, Sabirin, the patient ones and the ones, the ones who bear hardship. Mutawakkilin, those who trust and rely upon him. Zakirin, the ones who remember him abundantly. Mukarrabin, those who are close unto him. Tawabin, the ones who turn to him in repentance. Awabin, the ones who are close and always worshipping him. So Allah Ta'ala described all these sifat, all these characteristics, all these attributes, all these qualities of the believers. So we also in this month should have a desire, we should have a talab, we should have a yearning. So Allah Ta'ala, we also want to have these feelings, we also want to have these qualities, we also want to be the people who remember you abundantly, we also want to be people of sabr, people of taqwa, people of iman, people of tawakkul, people who are beloved by you and people who love you. One of the things that a person can do in this month of Ramadan is if a person performs his nikah in the month of Ramadan, he begins a new foundation because the month of Ramadan is all about new resolutions, making a new relationship with Allah SWT that will carry you forth past this month. You will make a new bond, a new resolution, a new plan, a change in your life. So nikah is just like that. When a person marries, as all of you know in the famous hadith, that nikah by marrying is half of our iman that we complete our iman by performing the nikah and this month is the month in which we are supposed to make up for all the deficiencies in our iman. So when this couple performs the nikah, we too should look at them and reflect that they are taking the step towards Allah Ta'ala. They are making up a deficiency in their iman. They are turning to Allah Ta'ala in this month for Allah Ta'ala to bless them in this new step. So we also should think that Allah Ta'ala, we also turn to you in this month. We also make a new resolution. We make a new intention. We promise that we will worship you. We promise that we will obey you. We promise that we will leave all the sins that we've, all we've been committing. We promise that we will follow the sunnah of your beloved messenger. We promise that we will do all the things that you want us to do. We will make a change in our life. We will change everything about our life. We will leave no stone unturned until we attain your pleasure. We will never be at ease until we attain your pleasure because we too on the Day of Judgment want to be amongst those people who when they rise, Allah Ta'ala, they look upon you smiling and when you see them in front of you, you smile upon them. May Allah Ta'ala give us the ability to make the most use of this month of Ramadan and to turn unto Him sincerely and repent from all our sins and become people who love Him and who are beloved by Him. Wa akhiru dawana and alhamdulillah